You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. Find out my secret. Yeah, he has. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. I've got Martin here. Hi, Martin. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm well, thank you. Well, um, this is actually, uh, well, no, it's not the first episode I've done in 2021, but uh, it's one of, it's the first, it's pretty much the first, I don't know when it'll go out, but... Uh, uh, it's only the second. Yes. How can you have already done oh, that? I, uh, well, I did. Well, I guess I did the first few seconds of of, of the New Year episode. Ah, so. Okay. Although Fair I was enough. by myself, so you are my first proper guest this year. Oh well, there we but, go. Uh, this is probably going to be out in my, in May, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, anyway, but um, anyway, we're going to be talking about music, and we're up to 1967. So that's what we'll be talking 1967? about. 1967. So. I I will be three. I, are you going to be all psychedelic this episode? Oh, uh, yes, I think so. I have got, well, I have got my flowery shirt and my, my round mirror spectacles, <laughs> and I'm wearing a nice long wig and a headband, <laughs> and uh, it's all peace and love, and, oh, I've just put a flower in my recording device. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> you might damage it. Well, I'll take that out again, because it's ruining the yeah, sound yeah. quality. Okay, well, we're going to run the theme music, and when we come back, we'll get started. Time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond. Bob Chandler, the shy yeti. He's not that shy. Oh, the shy yeti. Yeah. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. He's positively glowing. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, so, yes. Night- Have I got my mandolin? So, not, so, so 1967, what was, what was little Martin doing in 1967? Oh. Well, let me see. Well, I was obviously I was deep, deeply into Patrick Trout and Duck. No, I, wasn't. Um, I tell you what, there's a, there's a thing about 1967 is that my sister. Uh, I, I've said this before, but she, she, I had a, I got a Doctor Who annual, annual uh, an old uh, Doctor Who annual uh, when I was a bit older, mm. and it was a Patrick Trout one. And I opened the page, and there's a picture of the Emperor Dalek, mm. and my sister said, "Oh, I remember that," and I thought. <laughs> I can't see that, and you did, and you're not a fan. It's not fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. But I, so I imagine not a lot. I mean, I've got a few 
uh, pictures from that era, and I, I, you know, I'd, I'd seem to be walking around in very bad shorts and playing with wooden toys. It's, uh, <laughs> if we had wooden toys back in those days, it was all a bit uh, primitive. They were all probably made in the shed. Although, interestingly enough, my mother, in 1967, I, I suspect, uh, as much as anything because of me being the age I was, had a playgroup. Yeah. Yeah. A playgroup that she ran, you know, mm. She presumably got paid by other mothers to look after their children in the daytime, uh, and that gave me a circle of friends who are none of whom I've <laughs> ever seen again. But um, but our garden, my dad turned it into a with the, the the house we had then into sort of an adventure playground. So there's a big climbing frame and a swing, and these sunken tires for children to mm. run through. And the the thing I vividly remember is he made a um, steam train. Um, what do you call it? Foot plate. Yeah. So there was a kind of. So I was probably playing on that sort of thing, really. Yeah. I have very few memories of of being three. It's it's it must be said. There are photographs mm. of me looking very stern. <laughs> I, I've always been convinced I was born about forty. <laughs> so I'm probably there. In, I'm, I'm probably there in my tweed suits and, my, and, my, and, and smoking a pipe and just generally looking condescendingly at <laughs> everybody. I'm. <laughs> All these other children just running around being bah. No, no, stop it. Stop it at once. Stop it at once. Be sensible. I think I, Here's the times. I think all I was said when I was I, I was I was a bit like that, but I was kind of I knew when to be silly and when to be serious and there were times when you know, I I, I didn't want to be silly in, in class, which then meant we had a, a detention and couldn't leave and get home and you know, I had to go get a bus yeah. here. So, you know, there was silliness and, and there were times not to be silly because you just wanted to get out of school. You didn't want to be silly in school and then have to stay there longer. So, you know, Quite right. Quite right. Anyway, I've got some facts about 1967 before we hit the music. Um, so, uh, January the 4th, The Doors released their debut album. Um, on the 8th of January, Elvis Presley turned 32. Um... That's very specific. Isn't yes, it? that is. It's 1967. Elvis Presley was 32. 32 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why don't you, you don't tell us about 1965? Was he 30? <laughs> yeah, well, we missed out there. Um, oh, this is uh, 15th of January. The Rolling Stones appear on the Ed Sullivan Show. At Ed Sullivan's request, the band changed the lyrics of "Let's Spend the Night Together" to "Let's Spend Some Time Together." Oh, let's bend some spoons together. <laughs> that might be better. That was, that was uh, Yuri Gallo. Yeah. About a decade later. Yeah. And the 16th of January, the Monkees begin work on Headquarters, the first album to give them complete artistic and technical control over their material. Um, what else? You see, I'd have, th- I'd have put that much later. That's, that is that is interesting, actually. I mean, I do like the yeah. Monkees, but I would have... Cause, uh, but, yeah, Headquarters. I like Headquarters. My sister had... Uh, well, we still have it, the LP of Headquarters. Or, or, just, or Head, sorry. Is it uh, head, head or head, Headquarters? Head's the following year... Um, Right. Yeah, they're doing two albums. Uh, I, I looked at it yesterday. They were doing two albums a year. I think both their albums yeah. in '67 was doing okay. I think the first one. I think they're the two my sister bought. It's more of the Monkeys and Headquarters were the two we had. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm a Monkeys fan to this day. <laughs> it's all her fault. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got. I've, I don't know if I've got um, albums. I tended to have. I, actually, I'd buy the TV series if it was more readily available, but. Uh, there was a I bought a set of you mm. know those they used to have those very slim uh, replica CD sets which had like five LPs yeah, in yeah. 
I had the monkeys one of that, and that's very good actually. Yeah, yeah. And that has both mon uh, headquarters and more of in mm, it. Mm. So um, it, it, I, I, that big nostalgia fest for me. I actually uh, ripped copies for them and, and gave them to my sister because. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, illegal. <laughs> I didn't, didn't do that. At all. You, you're back <clears> and thought about but, it. You thought about doing it. Well, uh, she, uh, I, like I say, uh, she lost a lot of her LPs for various reasons in a house move once. And uh, and for some reason I ended up with the Monkeys albums, so I still have them. But I thought you might appreciate hearing them again after all this time. Um, I remember Head uh, being a bit of a difficult album, uh, well, a difficult uh, film to yeah. find um, when I was at university, and we we um, my flatmate at university and I bought. Uh, a copy of Head uh, around the same time as we bought a copy of Clockwork Orange, which was also not mm. available at, at that time, for, for sort of uh, for, from this shop in Birmingham, um, uh, and, and uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a weird film. <laughs> it is interesting though because in in some ways it kind of sort of it's the, it's, it sort of has a feel of um, uh, Help, mm. you know, the Beatles. Yes. It has that mm. same sort of. Uh, and it's not like it's a, it's a knockoff, but it's uh, it's a it's a difficult thing to watch. I yeah. find, I find mm. it the music as ever is, mm. is exemplary, but the um, but the uh, the the plot is sometimes yeah. a bit. What? I mean, I love the TV series. I must get hold of the TV series. Yeah. Maybe it'll come out again at some point. This is it. So many things that you find out about five years after they've been deleted, and you're just waiting for somebody to re-release them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you think, no, there's no market for that. Yeah, Sorry. No, um, I'm just going to tell you a few more bits and pieces. We've got um, at the end of January, we've got the Beatles shoot a promotional film for Strawberry Fields in Knoll Park in uh, Seven Oaks. Uh, we've well, they didn't film it in Liverpool. No. We've got always. Oh, this is a bit of a dark one. UK record producer Joe Meek murders his landlady and then commits suicide by shooting himself in the head at Holloway, North London, Crikey. on the third of February. Blimey, O'Reilly! Um, there's a lot. There's quite a lot of that about. Is 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 that after Joe Walton? It Must be around that time, but I so can't. I'm, I can't remember if that's. 66, 67 or 68, but it's one of those three, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, Dark stuff. Yeah. Dark stuff. Because um, I rewatched the uh, Kenneth Williams programme last week. So, uh, you know, the one with uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah. Um, apparently, on the f uh, back to the monkeys again, on the 6th of February, Michael Nesmith and Mickey Dolans of the monkeys fly into London. Dolan sees Death Till Death is Due Part on British TV, which uses the term Randy Scouse Git from yes. the programme for the title of the mon monkeys' next single. But they don't realise. She's a wonderful lady and she's mine. <laughs> my... Yeah, great song. Um, but they don't realise it has to be censored to alternate title in the UK. You should think. There's a there's a lovely there's a lovely thing uh, about uh, Robin Williams and the Mister Wanker, <laughs> <laughs> who's in one of the more more episodes, yeah. because he just liked the word. Yeah. He'd been in Britain and he liked the word. He's like Mister Wanker <laughs> became a character. <laughs> uh, so I, I, it's like that. I like that sort of cultural clash when people don't. It just sounds interesting. Oh, Randy Scouse Git, love it. Yeah. Oh, or apparently, Mickey Dolan's went round to Paul McCartney's house uh, the, on the seventh of February, and they had a photo together for the press i don't think i've ever seen that but i'm sure we'll find it on on the internet somewhere yeah. but uh, um by the 14th of february well um, actually on the 14th of february aretha franklin records respect um at the new york based atlantic studios and on the 16th of february it was declared um 
in Detroit, Michigan, it was declared Aretha Franklin Day. Is this... I guess she famously wouldn't fly for a long time. Mm. She, she was very f- afraid of flying, so I'm assuming that that was before she... Uh, yeah. took that decision because yeah. obviously she was touring and I, I've, I've seen her on sort of British you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in British studio appearances so unless of course it was you know coming over by boat but mm. uh, um, so I tell you what interesting also about the fact that you've got the Beatles and the, the monkeys mm. is you've got now you've got two surviving of each and you kind yes, of think yeah. now there's a super group yes yeah. Dolenz Naismith <laughs> McCartney and Star <laughs> <laughs> they should suggest it. Um, the meat monks. <laughs> yeah. We should start the campaign. We'll, the monkles. The campaign starts here on the Shalif podcast. <laughs> um, on the 25th of March, the Who performed their first concert in the United States in in New York. And did, on the tw- did they did they smash guitars from the off? <laughs> probably, um, probably got banned as well, like the Kinks. But uh, oh, um, I, I do like the Who. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to infer that they did. But, <laughs> um, no, I do like the Who. I think they've they've they, they some cl- class music in the Who's back catalogue. Yeah, I was looking to see what was available of theirs on vinyl. I mean, it's all available somewhere on vinyl, but easily mm. accessible. Not not somewhere. I keep forgetting you're one of these 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 vinyl people. Yeah, well, only because I got bored during lockdown. I thought. Why not? <laughs> um, I, I, I still I still find it a, a, a weirdly retrograde step, but it, I can see that I can see why people like. It. I did have to go for my vinyl collection. Um, I went for over the Christmas holiday and discovered that mm. during my 2016 final phase, I bought some albums I've since rebought because I didn't bother checking. So I think I've now got two copies mm. of Magical Mystery Tour on vinyl. But uh, mm. um, of course, uh, I recently dabbled into the best to worst lists of Beatles songs and got very cross mm. on an episode recently but uh, because uh, some of the some of the reasons that people suggest so and so song is a, a bad song is just because it's a bit of a novelty song but mm. that's uh, that's not a bad song to me that shows how broad you know you don't beat the Beatles aren't just for 40 year old rock critics um in the town <laughs> where I was born great it's actually you know and I know it's but it's got it's got soul, you know. It's got, it's got a little bit of, little bit of urban this, a little bit of urban that. But people just think it's an oldie song because they had to play it at school. I think. But um, you know, those those would be the songs of theirs that I heard first. Yes, precisely, and and indeed we all did really. I mean, I suspect it's funny actually. You think about that because we used to play, you know, these tunes in music lessons at school and I actually probably didn't realise there were Beatles songs yeah. they were just yeah. songs that were in the songbook we had to do at school yeah I remember there were there were a few, a few songs we did at, at school that I now since know oh actually they were 60s hits so. mm. um, on the 27th of March John Lennon and Paul McCartney are awarded the Ivan Novello Award for Michelle the most performed song in Britain in 1966 um, well, there are a lot of people called. I know you got Michelle in EastEnders. That's a bit, early. <laughs> it's a bit too early for that. That's possibly why she's called what yeah. she's called. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know if that's partly to do with the fact that it was a hit for a, another another band as well. Because mm. um, I think another another band released Michelle as a as a as a, as a song. Uh, well, there is that whole sort of exotic, you know, it's a bit French thing, you know. So. Uh, it sort of in in the de- in in certain times in in uh, the sixties uh, the the British you know it was actually we were quite keen on on things from Europe yes yeah. <laughs> you know Italian and you know all it was exotic and exciting and we'd set television series there and now we just 
Anyway, let's not move. let's not let's not go. On the, on the 30th of March, um, the the Beatles were photographed with the collage and wax figures from from Madame Tussauds, um, which right. basically the photo ended up as the cover art for Sergeant Pepper. Yes, of course. Um, let me see what else. It's interesting, really, because that the when were the waxworks made? Of them, when were they famous enough to be in two songs? I think we, men- think? I think we mentioned, um, yeah, I, like, yeah, but they would have been the earlier versions of this. Uh, yeah, that's what mm. I'm saying. I'm just wondering, did they update them in two songs? They must have done by, they must have done. Uh, although, mm. whether they updated them because of the, because, you know, it's, well, it's just because, yes, like you say, because they're in the old uh, suits yeah. and things on the cover yeah. of Sergeant Pepper. So. Yeah, I wonder. This is kind of an interesting thing. It's like that uh, Tom Baker. Yes. Uh, those pictures when he's his uh his the grinning one was yeah. made <laughs> um let me see on um the first of may i was presley married priscilla Bewley at uh and he was only 30 yeah. <laughs> how did you know that <laughs> at the aladdin las vegas um the, the aladdin in las vegas the aladdin um okay. May the 2nd, uh, Capitol Records p- pulled the plug on the Beach Boys' Mysterious Smile project, um, which really? I think um, okay. eventually did get finished, probably by, in about the 90s or noughties. But, um, so that was the end of their record deal, or, or did d- they jump yeah, ship to go to another... Well, it says it's taken more, more than a year to compose and produce the album, but Brian Wilson okay. cannot bring himself to finish it, so... Ah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, that that thing about being an artist where you can't quite decide when the painting's finished. Yeah. It's, you know, I could just do a little bit more, a little bit more. No, say it's under the gallery. <laughs> um, May the twelfth, Jimi Hendrix Experience. I Experience album is released in the UK, and on the fifteenth, Paul McCartney met American photographer Linda Linda Eastman at a club called Bag of Nails. Hey, do. Um, what else? Um, Hello, you, are, you, are you Linda Eastman or in Linda Coldack? <laughs> yeah. June the first, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band is released, um, and music changed forever. <laughs> I do remember. I do remember uh, in nineteen eighty-seven there being a bit of a sort of it's twenty years ago today, and and there being a mm. bit of a thing. No, there was a sort of cover versions r- release, wasn't there? That was had all different people do, you know, uh, versions of all the tunes on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, and I'm trying to think of any of the acts who did it. So it probably says a lot about the project, really. But of course, there's a, there was a lot of uh, documentaries as well about that time. The people who said that they bought it on the day and just played it and played it and played it and played it. So there was a lot of buzz around it as an al- al- album, and of course. People say it really well. It did change because people hadn't really done the concept album. But I mean, that may or may not be true. We'll find that out as we go yeah. along. But um, but uh, it's 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 certainly seen as a a definite benchmark or a definite turning point. Yeah, I don't know whether it was the inspiration for because the the next sort of three Kinks albums in sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy were all sort of concept albums, mm. but. Mm. Um, uh, let me see, I'll just wait for a couple more and then we'll get on to the actual music. Um, June the 28th, the Supremes perform for the first time as Diana Ross and the Supremes at the Flamingo oh, Hotel in... Promotion. Yeah. Uh, 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 
So uh, shy Yeti in the round the archive. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't think that'll be allowed. Ah <laughs> uh, oh, well, uh, maybe it's round the archives and the shy Yeti. With smellcast, was it the, the shy life podcast feet? <laughs> Oh, oh, um, what else we oh, you see, oh no, the billing, billing is an important thing. You know, you think about the towering inferno and where the typefaces are on the poster and left and right and all, and and, and that that credit that says and mm. at the mm. end of the title sequence. You know, all these things are important to agents. I've got another sad one here. August twenty third, Brian Epstein's yeah. last visit to a Beatles recording session at the Chapel Recording Studios on Maddox Street. The last new Beatles song he lived to hear was "Your Mother Should Know." Um, and he died on the 27th of August, 1967. I, I recently discovered he lived quite close to where I work in Belgravia. I'm not was there a plaque? I, I don't think. I don't think there was. I think it was when I was doing a quiz over the summer and trying to find out more more facts about Belgravia to put in the quiz that I discovered that he actually uh, lived a couple of doors down. I've just read um, a, a memoir by uh, Sandy Toxvig. I don't know if you uh, have heard of it. Heard. Memoir. It's about basically she did a sort of life story, but based around her experiences of the number twelve bus route that she catches in London. Yes, I, I've read that. It's very good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a very good book. Yeah. Although she does seem to have been a bit zealig and have been at all these points in history where <laughs> where her family, you know, they were, they were at the Apollo eleven launch, <laughs> and and obviously she was uh, uh, on the Graham Norton show the day before Carrie Fisher mm. died. But, Carrie Fisher was on, and so on and so forth. So you get these moments. I think they even said they were in Dealey Plaza. I'm not They've zelig. Oh, and her father was at the Ambassador Hotel when uh, Robert Kennedy was mm. shot because he was a correspondent. This all makes sense, but it is a little bit of that zelig feel to yeah, the book. Yeah. But but highly recommend. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I I, I read I read that. Uh... About the time it came out, I think, but it was bought for me. I, I wasn't sort of on the lookout for it. I, I really sort of when I started it, I, it was unputdownable. But I have I have books uh, on my sort of wish list thing, uh, and if ever I have to round up to get the free postage, <laughs> I just plunk another book on it. You see, I, I'm reading Paul Merton's autobiography at the moment, and that's oh, yeah. interesting as well. Um, I do like. I, I've gone through a phase of uh, biographies, and autobiographies this year. Yeah, uh, memoirs and stuff. I seem to have done that more than reading fiction. Well, I have, but mine's gone for about four or five years now, where I mainly read autobiographies. But uh, well, you know, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, one more fact for 1967: um, the uh, uh, well, Boxing Day, the first telecast of the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour on the BBC One in the UK, shown in black and white. It upsets McCartney because it ruins the intended psychedelic colour effects. <laughs> but then, you know, not many people had colour TVs. There. I suppose if it was broadcast, though, if you had it or not, you wouldn't have seen it. So. Um, I suppose we could. We don't usually cover the albums, but I will, as, it's, as I've got a little list here, I will mention some of the big albums of the year. Um, so... We've got Between the Buttons by Rolling Stones in January. We've got mm. uh, Surrealistic Pillow by Jefferson Airplane. Um, Deliver mm. by the Mummers and Puppers. I don't know. Younger Than Yesterday by the Birds. Mm. This is all February. Um, okay. We've got uh, The Velvet Underground and Nico in March. Um, we've got... Right. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I don't think I know this album. Album album seventeen hundred. Peter Paul and Mary. Is that that <laughs> they'd released a lot of albums to get to seventeen hundred? That's even faster. <laughs> No, it was just 267 years old. We've got our old friend uh, Cliff Richard with Don't Stop Me Now. Um, right, Don't Stop Me Now. I'm having such a good time. I never knew that that was yeah, a cover no, version no, of Cliff's no. song. And we've got, we've got another Rolling Stones. Oh, this is a compilation, Flowers in June. Uh, I think okay. I've seen the cover of that one. Oh, uh, Leonard Nimoy presents Mr. Spock's Music from Outer Space. That was also released in June. Um, it's amazing that when you think about it, and, and you know, not to be sort of too weird about these things, but it's actually amazing how quickly people leap on a bandwagon of something that's popular. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you think, I mean, Spock could only have been on telly about a yes. year, yeah. and if you think about it, um, in and of itself, um, sort of Star Trek. You know, it sort of wasn't popular in its second mm. year, so um, it is kind of interesting that 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 would have been spotted as a thing that soon. I think uh, I was surprised when I later found out that I think Leonard Nimoy was on Mission Impossible for as many years as he was on Star Trek, or or around or near, uh, near, near two, I think no, he did two years on did two years on Mission, but uh, as Paris, yes, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was actually very shortly afterwards. It wasn't, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of weird because you do kind of th- think of people as being sort of not necessarily one note, but they've got this one. I mean, people. He was on Mission Impossible. We've got the complete Mission Impossible set, you know, and yet somehow I forgot he yes. was in it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that he was in it. He wasn't in it when the when. Barbara Bain um, and Martin Lando in it. Yeah. He was a separate. He, he was after them. I kind of in my head they were all in it together, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But he was a replacement for Barbara Bain. No, he was a replacement for those those sort of two leaving. For both of them. Yeah. Yes, he was half Bain, half Landau. <laughs> he could have done Space 1999 all on his own. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. Right. I mean, there's a lot more facts I could give you, but uh, I think we should look to the actual hits uh, right so in 1967 we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 14 number ones which is that all? yeah I think it's slightly less than but actually I was going to say when I looked at this earlier this is probably a, a rare year where I don't think there's going to be any of these that you won't recognise. Whereas usually we have one or two where we go, "What?" I don't think there's. I don't think there's a single one that you won't recognise. Uh, well, to be fair, I mean they're all likely to. I mean the thing about it is if if they've sold that many in 1967, they're all going to be standards. They're yeah, all going to be classics. Yeah, they're all going to be yeah. things you've heard of. I mean they're all. I mean that must be what an average one, two, four weeks each. Uh, it's more of a, a mix. There's there's some that are sort of five six seven and then yeah. there are some that are there's nothing there's nothing that's less than two weeks which again is in other years you've quite often got like one week and we've been surprised but there's nothing that's yes. one week in 67 but uh, now the first the first number one of um 1967 in the uk is i'm a believer by the monkeys Ah, fabulous! And uh, covered famously by Vic Reeves. Yes. Brilliant song. I, it's one of those songs that when I was a student, and I was a student in the mid eighties, people uh, 
used to look at me about this funny old music I used to listen to because it would only have been 20 years old. Then. <laughs> but um, people just didn't. I think people genuinely sort of forgot about the monkeys for a while, which is a great shame. And then obviously, you know, something like the Vic Reeves version comes up and you think, oh, that's a monkey's song. And they all go, oh, what song? And you go, a monkey's. <laughs> when was the period when the monkeys was still being shown on? BBC, I assume it was BBC. That's where I saw it. But I must be in the early eighties. I think. Um, I think it turned up in um, a bit like Batman on either on breakfast mm. television, on ITV, or on Channel Four in its mm. early years. So it it did have a bit of a revival, um, but um, I'm not entirely sure which channel it was on. But I know, I know it did come back, and it was very popular again yes, for a while. Yeah. Actually, although I've just said that the that I'm a believer was the first number one, I actually think that it's possible that the first number one was actually um, "Green Green Grass of Home" by Tom Jones, having ah, having having gone from the end of, I think that because that was seven yes. weeks, so I think that was all of December what? and half of January. So, yeah, the Monkeys, I'm a believer, was the first unique song for that year. Well, we were talking about that, weren't we, when we were in yeah, 66, yeah. and it's... Because, uh, again, with, with that and the sort of Ken Dodd thing mm. as well, there was, a, there was, a, there was this, this sort of tendency to have these, these songs that were a bit... I don't know. I wouldn't say maudlin, that's not the right word, but just... Oh, nostalgia, the definite nostalgia. And, I, again, it, it makes you wonder about the demographic of who was buying mm. the... Buying the records, if you see what I mean. Well, I'm a believer was number one for four weeks, and then for two mm-hmm. weeks we have uh, Petula Clark. This is my song, um, right? Which I think I, I know that one. Um, and then we have another one, which you could say probably fit, fits into the the same demographic as Green Green Grass of Home. It was uh, released mm. me by Engelbert Humperdinck. Um, I'd say oh, okay. that was a sort of similar type of song, really. Yeah, it does have the music your dad would buy or your mum would buy. And, and it, although it wasn't the biggest seller of the year, it was um, there for six weeks. Um, mm. uh, following that, uh, I, again, I'd say the next one was a little bit easy listening. Um, we have Nancy Sinatra and Frank Sinatra, Something Stupid, uh, for two, for two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, okay. And, and then we have... Um, for for three weeks, uh, Sandy Shaw, Puppet yeah. on a String, which was U- the Eurovision um, entry that year, I believe, and won, I think. Uh, 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 I better check that, but uh, I think that's the case. Uh, yes, it is best known as the British winning entry of the Eurovision Song yeah. Contest 67. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, I... I, I you, you, <laughs> I know we go on about sort of Britain and everything like that, but it's now been what twenty-two years since since they won Eurovision, and and you know what? But back when they were winning, that was when there was like forty yeah, countries voting. Yeah. <laughs> it it has become a bit of a, uh, a you know a bit of a thing, really. You know. Um, well, the next number one after that for three weeks again was "Silence Is Golden" by the Tremolos. And then we had another big one after that for six weeks, um, A Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum, um, 
which again isn't the um, release me and a white shade of pale both equal each other at six but we have um, we have a, a seven week coming up which is the biggest um, uh, number one of the year or at least biggest uh, uh, big, biggest in terms of weeks anyway um, yeah um, following a white shade of pale and only only for three weeks considering how famous the song mm. is well, I suppose that the, all these are famous, but um, we have "All You Need Is Love" by the Beatles for three weeks in July. We're into, we're up into, yeah. we're into July already, um, and then following that, uh, one that's very much associated with the summer of love, um, "San Francisco." Be sure to wear flowers in your hair by Scott McKenzie for four weeks. Wow. That's that's one I believe that's written by the guys from Mummers and Puppers. Uh, oh, okay. Right, again, a bit of check. Well, it's written by. Yeah, it's written by John Phillips, who was in the in the Mummers and Puppers, um, but uh, it was used to promote the Monterey International Pop Music Festival in June that year. Uh, okay. but, uh, oh, there's another one I think I always think of by the Flower Pot Men. Let's go to San Francisco. I I, 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 I think my parents <laughs> had that one rather than this one. Um, I think, right. but but this but San Francisco by Scott McKenzie is probably the more famous of the two. But uh, oh, okay. um, then we have Engelbert Humperdinck again uh, with with the Last Waltz. Right. It's funny though, of course, you know that, that Humperdinck connection with yes. Eurovision. Yes, yeah. later on, and the uh, yeah, the Last Waltz is probably even more middle of the road than Release Me. Uh, uh, and that, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Um, Although again, very popular in his time. I mean, there there is there is definitely a a sort of requirement for that kind of music. Uh, but like I say, I don't, I don't. It doesn't really, it doesn't really say this is what the kids were grooving on down yeah, to down I mean, down the the, the, the disco a go go. You know, the whole year is very laid back. I mean, I mean, a lot of the songs are really kind of there's yeah, it, it, they're all quite a lot of quite middle of the road songs. Um, I, I guess it's yeah. I mean, when you think of things like, like say 1995, which was very Brit poppy. At least if that's what you liked, it was very Brit poppy. Mm. But then there's lots of cheesy pop that year as well. And it's only when you look at the the actual charts you realise, yeah, it's, it, 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 Brit pop was doing really well, but lots of other things were doing really well. Um, and and you could equally say it was the year of cheesy pop or, or or dance pop or whatever i don't think the number ones necessarily represent we might find there's a bigger picture when we look at the actual sort of single side the the the, 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 the singles that weren't number one but mm. uh, the last waltz was number one for five weeks so nearly as big a hit as release me um, um following that we have a, another one which i guess you could say was quite laid back um massachusetts by the, the Bee Gees for four weeks massachusetts Ah, it's Kenny Everett's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the next number one for two weeks. I don't know, it's a little bit more upbeat. Um, uh, Baby, now that I found you by the Foundations, um, and then for another two weeks we have Let the Heart Aches Begin by Long John Baldry. Um, I don't really know whether Long John Baldry had that that hit or that hit alone. Named after his underwear, no doubt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I'm just having a quick look to see if he actually had any other other hits. But uh, um, apparently, yeah, before achieving stardom, Rod Stewart and Elton John were members of a band led by Baldry. Um, oh, right. that's interesting. But uh, it does have quite a 
a, a, a lot of records released, but there's no charts. Oh, here we go, chart position there. There's lots of singles, but there's no mention of where they charted. So I said, so I expect they probably didn't chart that high. But uh, um, yeah, that's quite interesting. Type cuckoo, unseen hands, <laughs> right. uh, Mexico. I don't think any of these were big hits, or they would be trumpeting that fact on this site. Uh, interesting. Um, now, our final number one of 1967 in the UK was the biggest, well, the, the longest remaining, and uh, it was Hello, Goodbye by the Beatles. Uh, okay. It's kind of a surprise, really, that Hello, Goodbye was sort of a number one for double plus the length of time that All You Need Is Love was. But... Uh, mm. um, I don't. I don't know that you'd. I don't know that you'd pick it out as being more famous than All You Need Is Love. It's just maybe it was a Christmas. It's not even that it's a particularly Christmas song or anything. So, uh, no, it's a, a bit of a, a bit, bit of a, 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 a question. But actually, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking ahead to 1968. But I, I think there's a lot more number ones in 1968. I, I, I won't. I will name some names at the end of the episode. Okay. who we can expect but without saying the names of the songs but as we usually do but let's before we go over to America let's see what other um, what other songs are in the top ten I've never heard of this one If Every Day Was Like Christmas by Elvis Presley and the Jordanaires again um, uh, right. Elvis Presley with the Jordanaires and the Imperials Quartet uh, got to number number right. nine um We've got Happy Jack by The Who. Uh, Happy Jack? Yeah, Happy Jack. Uh, that got to number three. In the Country by Cliff Richard in the Shadows, number six. This is weird. I always think of these titles as being somebody else. Yeah. yeah. You know. I'm sure I... Because... I, I, <laughs> Lives in a house, a very big house in the country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, it's it's just it takes you to different places. And you kind of actually wonder whether these these titles triggered thoughts in other music writers you know mm, yeah. if you see what I mean yeah. um, I don't remember this one by The Move Night of Fear no Night of Fear Night of Fear, fear. Well, that's, <laughs> that sounds like one of your favourite series yeah it does yeah. got to number two I don't and I can't I can't remember it off the top of my head um, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still amazed though can you think about it it's such a short list for the year mm. it really is it, 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 it kind of boggles you a bit that you know it, because, like you say, I mean, you've got all these other songs that were not quite good enough to be number ones, or not quite yeah, popular yeah. enough to be number ones, and yet, astonishing year when you think about 1967. Absolutely, the the cusp mm. of musical progress, and you know, this is this is where everything changes in many ways. And yet, there's so few songs. You know, there was such a small uh, range, yeah. if you like, at the buffet. You know? Yeah, and also, although I said I I knew knew them all. Uh, there were probably a lot of them that I wouldn't have, uh, mm. you know. Although I have quite a big collection of sixty songs, there would be quite a lot of yeah. them that I don't have in my collection because they're a little bit too, mm. little bit middle, middle of the road, to be honest. Um, I always, I mean, there's a, like I say, I mean, I, I know I, I go on about this quite a lot, but you, there is a difference between popular and good sometimes, mm. Mm. and uh, you know, you get that in television, you get that in all, you know, films. Uh, and I think you get it in music as well. You know, you can, you, you can have a popular song, but it's not necessarily a good song, yeah. and vice versa. You know, because yeah. um, 
No, was that a bit of politics? No, uh, <laughs> I mean, you've got people who... Are... Oh, being political there, Paul. You're being political <laughs> today. It's, uh, it's controversial, a bit of controversial. You could... you'll, be getting, you'll be getting letters. Luckily, they don't come to me. So. <laughs> who was that idiot who was yabbering on this time? I don't know, mate. <laughs> you've, you've got um, people like Nancy Sinatra who were popular from for like boots are made from uh, a bit but mm. then because um, something's and cause you something's lived high uh, yes of course um yeah, oh, <laughs> is that it in the building yes <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be insulting I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what a Martin version of it would sound like <laughs> um, well, you have the technology yeah, I have the technology <laughs> we shall see um um, yeah, something stupid is one of those songs that keeps coming back with. Oh, I thought you meant me. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, that because that that um, that was a Tom Jones and Keris Matthews from Catatonia did a quite mm. successful version of that in the late nineties. Um, um, or was that or was that it's cold outside? Well, somebody did something stupid. Um, uh, many people have done something stupid. Um, <laughs> well, yes. In life, generally, yeah, yeah. turning up today, I think, yeah, might yeah. be one of mine. No, it's, no, no, <laughs> matron, please. <laughs> um, of course, one of the things that one of the um, songs that missed out on number one, which um, I, I thought I wondered whether we'd Nicole Kidman and Robbie Williams. Oh, yes, Apparently. that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, yeah, Tom Jones did his duets album and and uh, um, and, and did, uh, did sort of in the, in the same sort of time I think mm. but uh, um, we've got we've got Sugar Town by Nancy Sinatra they got to number eight but the one I was going to mention that I'm surprised wasn't number one of course is the double A side of Penny Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields Forever which only oh, made cool. made only made number two. Uh, mm. Um, now I've got uh, on the shelf somewhere, uh, I believe. Uh, uh, it's kind of like an EP. It's a seven-inch EP of the Beatles, but that had three songs on it. So um, I think that had Eleanor Rigby and something else on the A side. And um, so I think it, there was a there was a sort of surge of forty fives that had two. But of course, this was the whole thing when the two-minute pop song was still popular so you could do that i suppose on a seven inch single you know nowadays the cd is half that size and of course everybody's now downloading anyway or 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 buying vinyl yeah, <laughs> yeah some some of us <laughs> i said again that that is the thing that sort of fascinates you is you, you know there was a phase when literally I, I think i've said this to you before there was a friend a friend of mine who, who he showed his daughter what a seven inch single was and he and his daughter was blown away by this this is before vinyl really made any kind of a comeback because you just couldn't tell what well, yeah what you have to turn out how many songs are on it dad you know and it's like, just the one <laughs> I, I was I, I i was listening to a i went uh, when i was going through my collection um over the to see what i actually had i found a a, a, a bangles album which i liked but i'd forgotten that i got it on vinyl it actually isn't currently being re-released so i was quite pleased to find i had it in my collection but it was one that i picked up for mm. a pound about 20 years ago and then just never really played and i put it on my turntable for possibly the first time that, that it's been played in 20 years and it not there's not a crack a hiss or a, a scratch or anything i've got the uh, funny enough i've got the first two bangles albums on vinyl uh my friend mike at college uh was a big heavy metal fan but he discovered the bangles <laughs> 
Uh, and so I did actually buy it to all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a Bangles fan. I did see them. I managed to see. I saw them in concert, but since they've uh, before I saw them, on, mm. I think it was on my birthday in about 2011. That there was only in in LA, um, and uh, um, are they still talking? Because that seems yeah, to be they, well, they got back together in about 2000. But there, right. there's only three the, the, as a four piece, but. There's a, they're only about they're only a three piece at the moment, but uh, that seems to happen as well because uh, Queen, one of them, yeah, well, I know right. one of them died, yeah. but then the, then the other one said, oh, "I'm not doing this anymore. I want to go back to teaching geography." Yeah, yeah. I think and I think one um, of the Mode did that the, as well and became their manager. Yeah, and, <laughs> and of course, REM, of course, yeah. because of four pieces becoming three pieces, and even even Genesis, although we don't talk yeah. about the back to front Hobbit. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of miss there not being any new REM albums. I used, to, there are definitely people I used to, I used to kind of follow their albums yeah. um, up until the point they sort of yeah. vanished. But um, yes, I think, I think the last one I bought was New Adventures in Hi-Fi. But yes, yeah. Yeah. one or two good ones after that. But um, yes. uh, I, funnily enough, the thing like New Adventures in Hi-Fi is the day I bought it, uh, someone lent me uh, a copy of Metropolis um, that they had. Uh, and it was one of these things where he basically said to me, "Oh, yeah, it, you know, obviously it's the film and it's brilliant, but oh, the soundtrack on it is rubbish." So he said, "Just what, I'd, if, I, if I were you, I'd put just some CDs on and watch the film." And so basically, uh, new adventures in hi-fi. <laughs> All of the images in my head are from Metropolis. Uh, so it's kind of, kind of, yeah. Um, so some other hits we have in 1967. Uh, we've got. Uh, Eldersvice. How do you spell, how do you pronounce that? Eldersvice. Edelweiss. Edelweiss. Yes, I knew it was something like that. Edelweiss from uh, San. Yes, that's right. I got to number two, um, which I had to learn all the words to, and I can do. <laughs> but I think I've done that before, so um, perhaps I won't. <laughs> um, we got on a carousel by the Hollies. Got to number four. That's a good one. Um, there's a kind of hush <laughs> by Herman's Hermits. Number seven. George. It's always. I always think that's an interesting thing. You're writing a piece of music. <laughs> And yet, you actually draw attention to the fact that you want silence. I always think it's, it's kind of an interesting way to go. Yes, you know? yeah. You're like, this is the worst song in the world. I mean, that's not what you'd call a song, unless you, you know, I suspect maybe Finland might put that in at Eurovision. <laughs> We've also got Georgie Girl by the Seekers, number three. And um, hey there, let's make an advert. <laughs> of course, that makes me think of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Now you must have the Mary Tyler Moore show in your. I do have like the first season, um, and I would like. I knew you would have. Yeah, yeah. can't get it for love and money here, but. Uh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've also got um, a, a Tom Jones one that got to number eight called Detroit City, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be another one that you play to me in a month's time. We go, oh, it's that uh, one. Yeah, uh, like the concrete and yeah, clay, which, which is like which, it's. And the minute you, you said it to me, I thought, oh yeah. But yeah, but yeah. actually, when I was edit- when I was editing that episode, and I played it to see what it was, um, I and then I sent you that, and then I played the. Then I went back to editing, and continued, and you did know it at the time because you then yeah. you then sang it. But so I was yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't I have sent you it. You knew it anyway. <laughs> well, I know, but that's the thing. It's it's really weird. It's it's kind of like it. You know, it, I you remembered. I remembered it, and then I forgot it again. Yeah. I forgot that I'd remembered it, and then no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, this is why you can't you can't trust me on these podcasts, Paul. I can't remember a damn thing about it. What do we do? Let's write an LP, okay? Uh, sorry, who are you again? <laughs> I never said that. No, I never said that. No, no, I never said that. 
Well, um, the next the next song I shall mention is is suitably weird. Simon Smith and the Amazing Dancing Bear by the Alan Price <gasps> Set. What's yeah. number four? Now that's again that's a title I can remember, but I can't actually. I you know and I know it, and I I remember it was probably one of those things that was on Junior Choice every week but I gen because it's the sort of title that people would get to play for their kids and all this kind of thing. but I just genuinely couldn't tell you now what the the lyric line was for it at all you know in, in terms of but yeah but such a famous title yeah it doesn't um, apparently apparently it was written by Randy Newman and he was intending right. it to be um, oh he was intending he was intending it for Frank Sinatra's uh, junior, that's presumably not. That's the the younger one, isn't it? Um, yeah, I was going to say it. Old Red Eyes. Yeah. Yes. Um, apparently, the song appeared in the first episode of the Muppet Show, sung by the character Scooter as Simon Smith, with Fozzie Bear as the dancing bear. Oh. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. It's a bit. It's a bit of a literal leap. That yeah, one. We've got a bear. Oh, there's a song about a bear. <laughs> yeah. You know, it probably wasn't the biggest stretch of imagination. They did better. Halfway up the stairs is a much better song. We also have I Was Kaiser Bill's Batman by Whistling Jack Smith, uh, number five. Mm, yeah, yeah, I must admit, that's not... Again, you play that to me, I'll be going, oh, it's that one. <laughs> but no... Right. We've, also got, we've also got, believe it or not, in 1967... Um, this is my song by Harry Seacombe that got to number two. Uh, Big fan of Harry Seacombe in our house. My, uh, my sister particularly likes Harry, or liked Harry Seacombe because um, he, he, Welsh, you know, Welsh. But uh, always reminded her of my dad. They had a look, I suppose. But uh, of course, uh, much spoofed when he went over to religious broadcasting, unfortunately. But but a goon and therefore a good guy. One of the goons. But, but bizarrely, um, this is the same This Is My Song that Petula Clark got to number one. So so bizarre that people were prepared to buy it again so soon mm. after, or at the same time. Um, ah, but it's Harry. But do you know who wrote Do you know who wrote This Is My Song? I haven't a clue. Charlie Chaplin. Was it Cliff? No, it was Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin. in 1966. Uh, Good Lord. Well, he's probably short of a few bubbles. Yeah. Um, hadn't done a film in a while, had he? No. Well, we've got another beat. Uh, sorry, we've got another monkey song. Got to number three. A little bit me, a little bit you. I must admit, there are some insipidly bad monkey songs. <laughs> I mean, that one about uh, the kind of girl I could love. Uh, bloody yeah. awful. It's just such soppy, sentimental. You know. And what's that one that goes, Sandra? Oh, what a big girl, lips like strawberry pie. <laughs> yes, not the sort of pie I've seen. But... No, Sandra, long hair and big girl can't make up my mind. That was it. Long hair and big girl. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, you can... Is that all you think of me? <laughs> I, I, I'm not surprised to see that a little bit me, a little bit you is written by Neil Diamond. Mm. It does sound very Neil Diamond. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Diamond uh, they did a lot of did a lot of stuff for them. Yeah, the, uh, probably where a lot of his money came from, really. When you think about it, um, we have "Ha Ha" said the clown by Manfred Mann, number four. Oh, um, yeah, and another Cliff top ten. It's all over, although it wasn't. <laughs> you see, again, this is the thing. I mean, you look at a lot of those titles, and those are the titles. It's almost like children's songs. 
you know they but uh, whether whether they i mean they're not i don't think they were intended as children's songs but but you you write a song called ha ha said the clown mm. uh it's going to end up in a school songbook yeah. for children to perform with recorders and things you know yeah. it's just going to happen because it's got a clown in yeah. it you know um, so, so what was the cliff one you know? the cliff one was it, it's all over but oh, okay. uh, uh, but, but it, it isn't, but it wasn't oh, is it no, not at all. No, um, another 50 years of this, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Uh, we have Purple Haze by the Jimi Hendrix Experience, number three. Um, we have I'm Gonna Get Me a... Excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> yes, that's the I'm Gonna Get Me a Gun by Cat Stevens, number six. Uh, yeah, well, he, had, he made it. I mean, he made a very peaceful transition, mm. didn't he, from, from lyrics like that. Yes, yeah. I can hear the... Uh, what, what's... What's the one um, Matthews song? Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Oh, I do like Matthews. I can hear the grass... Say that again. I can hear the grass grow by the move, number five. Um, mm. Dedicated to the one I love by Mamas and Papas, number two. Um, oh, another Tom. Funny, familiar, forgotten feelings, number seven. Funny, familiar, forgotten feelings. I don't think it's that. <laughs> no, I think I... Ding, 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 ding. Oi, there we go. I feel like back, I had it in back my, to the cockneys. I feel like I had it in my hand and then you sung and it wiped it out of my head. Like. <laughs> Quite right, too. As my singing does to me, I say singing. That's what it does. It bleaches. Mind bleach, Paul. Mind bleach. <laughs> oh, we've got the, the Boat That I Row by Lulu. That's a good one. Number six. That's a, a, uh, oh, Pictures of Lily by The Who, number four. Um, Waterloo Sunset, of course, number two. Oh, Waterloo Sunset, yes. <laughs> I was defeated. You won. <laughs> the, the, then I, my time. <laughs> then I kissed. Then I kissed her by the Beach Boys. Number four. Um, As opposed to then I kissed the teacher. Hold on, I'm suddenly seeing some pattern here. <laughs> um, uh, there goes <laughs> another Engelbert Humperdinck song. There goes my everything. Ah. Uh, there goes there my goes blues. My everything. <laughs> I left my everything somewhere. Where was yeah. it? I don't know. Um, it flew off the back of the boat. I never saw my everything ever again. Yeah. Um, I never remember this one The Happening by the Supremes number 6 okay. uh, that'll be one that is just that but it's really familiar yeah, I guarantee yeah. um, or not uh, Carry Ann by the Hollies that's a good one number 3 um, that's that's one of those ones where the name has got about 57 syllables isn't it Carry <laughs> 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 Uh, oh, I don't know this one by Dave D. Dozy Beaky Mick and Titch. Beaky Mick and Titch. Okay, with a big with a big exclamation mark. Number f- oh, number four. Uh, that, that's, that's not one I know. See, you, it, it it wouldn't have sold if it hadn't had the. It's, it's a bit like uh, a, a West End musical. It has to have the exclamation. They're um, they're Salisbury relate uh, area um, people, or at least some of them are. Ah. Um, along with the Trogs. Uh, Oh, there you go. And so it should be in your DNA. It was probably played to you in the womb. That one. <laughs> um, See Emily Play by Pink Floyd, number six. Okay. Um, what else? Interesting. You see, again, the funny, the funny thing about I've got some early Floyd, mm. um, but I don't, I'm not familiar with early Floyd. I mean, you know, I, like a lot of people, my, my Floyd really is sort of Wish You Were Here and uh, Dark Side of the Moon and the other Floyd stuff as well. The sort of Sid Barrett Floyd is... I, I do have a, 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 a LP of it, you know, yeah. a collection of it, whatever. But Relics. I don't play there's, it very often. There's one called Relics, isn't there, which is like the best of that yeah. era. Yeah. Um, 
I don't play it very often, yeah. but uh, I, I obviously should. I should go downstairs, and when I'm cooking my tea tonight, I was uh, I'm cook, cooking my tea. I should get the old Sid Barrett Floyd. I was. I, I've obviously let it. Slip. I always remember. Uh, careful with the axe, Eugene. <laughs> That's oh. the title. Oh, and there's one about. Well, it's the bike. Uh, I've got a bike. I could, you can buy it's it if a, you like. Absolutely, you know, it is batshit crazy the yes. late sixties, isn't it? In terms of you know this kind of thing. I mean, if you think about. If you go back to television, uh, there are episodes of things like Randall and Hopkirk which have musicians in and they've all got the most bizarre hair and clothes and all this kind of thing. And and it's all it's it's so, in many ways it's so easy to parody, and yet it was such an inventive time, you know. You think now a lot of that stuff it's it, this is uh performance art as music, really. So. Now, there's a cover version of With a Little Help from My Friends by The Young Idea. It's got to number 10, because that wasn't... The Young that wasn't, Idea. Yeah, I don't think I've even heard that version, but, of course, that wasn't the single for the Beatles. So, But uh, it's kind of... It's you know, strange how, you know, the album's only just come out and people are rushing to... It's like, did they check? Did they did they check whether... Oh, the Beatles aren't releasing this one as a single. Let's We'll do it. <laughs> but that's a Ringo, isn't it? That's a Ringo single yeah, one. yeah. yeah. Uh, but of course, famously, the is it Joe Cocker? Oh yes, yes. Cover yeah. of that, which was used for the Wonder Years. Yeah, that, um, that's that's from that sort of that's from sixty-seven or sixty-eight, isn't it? Mm, uh, but uh, uh, what else have we got? We got "Death of a Clown" by Dave Davies from the Kinks. Okay. Um, another Tom Jones, "I'll Never Fall in Love Again," number two. I think Tom's protesting too much He's there. Releasing a lot of singles. Um, I was made to love her by Stevie Wonder, number five. Mm. Um, what else? Oh, we've got another Alan Price set song, "The House That Jack Built," number four. Um, oh, one of my favourite Mummers and Papas songs. Uh, I think it's pronounced—is it pronounced Creaky Alley? It's—it's it's the one that is kind of about the how the Mummers and Papas were formed um mm. uh the i think we're we're getting though to i mean obviously the mobs and poppers didn't make it but um we're getting to a time unfortunately where we are st we are still you know able to say that some of these performers from then this era are still performing today and that really can't go on much longer, you know. You know, you accept that. It's, but it's 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 fascinating that these careers have been so long, you know. And you know, some they say. I mean, you get Tom Jones will you know still performing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time of recording. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but um, but you know, and you know, you've you've still got you know Beatles, the Stones. You know, give, give them give them enough uh, bribery, and they will. Put a concert on, you know. It's they are there and they're still able to. Yeah, and, uh, and Paul McCartney's just released a new album in the last few days at time of yeah, recording. Precisely. So you know, you do start to, to realise that we we're probably now stretching the elastic for that. In you know, unfortunately, but uh, it is it is fascinating that these people's careers were this you know are still able to touch us today in what twenty twenty one. You know. Mm. Um. We've got also got "We Love You" by the Rolling Stones, um, number eight. Is no that yes? Sorry, that's the no, "We sorry. Love You." That one. Mm, <laughs> sorry, I just had this 
I just had this vision of um, of, of, them, of whether they were covering a Beatles song. I thought I don't think the Stones ever covered could, a Beatles they song. Could, they could have done a. Um, a, 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 a she loved They him. could have mi- mi- mixed them up together. <laughs> uh, we've got HQ Park by the Small Faces, number three. Uh, right. Let's go to Fran- San- Let's go to San Francisco, as I mentioned. Got to number four by the Flower Pot Men. Well, Summer of Love, of course. The whole San Francisco thing is is a big thing in that era, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We've got here. Love San Francisco. Lovely city. Yes. Love the place. I went there for my thirtieth. Yeah. Um, Heroes and Villains by the Beach Boys, number eight. Uh, yeah. Reflections by Diana Ross and the Supremes, number five. Flowers in the Rain by The Move. Holding My Shoe by Traffic, number two, which is the song that Neil from The Young Ones later covered. Do, 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 do. Uh, the Day I Met Marie by Cliff Richard, number ten. Um, what else? One or two more, but then we... Well, Marie's the name of his latest flight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we will we will hop over to the states in a second. Oh, we've got another Dave D. Dozy Beaky McIntyre song, Zabadak, within the exclamation mark. Did every single song they do <laughs> had to have an exclamation It's the it's the times. It's the times they were written. We also got in November Autumn Almanac by the Kinks, number three, which I think mm. I said when I first I've said this before when I heard it. The first time I heard it, I thought mm. it was like a novelty song from. Mm like the 90s because it, mm. I, I thought it was a spoof 60s song I didn't realise I, mm. I didn't realise it was actually I, I, it, I liked it so much that I think I thought I think I thought it was I think for some reason I thought it was Frank Sidebottom I just thought it was a, right. a sort of uh, a, a sort of quirky song and then I actually I looked into it I was like oh okay of course it was harder to find out things like that back then without Wikipedia yes. <laughs> you see what against me is if you if you came across it on the page the the name Dave D Dozy Beaky Mick and Titch would you get your brain would go what but because it it it's so familiar Dave D Dozy Beaky Mick and Titch just feels like an expression now it just feels like yeah that's what it should sound like so, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and, sorry, and still sort of features in uh, in jokes um, I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure I saw somebody sort of say oh what's the name of the uh, of the the reindeer um, like um, with oh, Rudolph, yeah. and, then, and then and they started That's listing the it, and then they put Dave D. Beaky McIntyre at the end of it as well. Uh, so it still gets referenced even now, probably by people our age. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, we've got "Love Is All Around" by the Trogs, number five, which of course had a revival many years later. Um, oh, I don't know this one, but this fits in what we were saying. "San Franciscan Nights" by Eric Burden and the Animals, number seven. Okay. Um, oh, just a minute, Eric Burden and the Animals has he done a Supremes? He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, well, not literally. He's not dressed in a frock. I don't think he. Is. <laughs> I think he is, but uh, well, I'm bigger than the band. Yeah. I'm bigger than the band. I got there is a monkey. Uh, there is a monkey. No, there is a mountain by Donovan. Um, uh, there is the monkey. Yeah. I can see for miles by the Who, number ten. Oh, um, oh <laughs> if the whole world CSI it, that was CSI New uh, if, if the whole world stopped loving by Val Dunigan, number three, that fits in with our middle of the road. <laughs> well, I presume it's middle of the road. Um, mm-hmm. Something oh something's gotten hold of my heart by Gene Pitney, number five. That that later came back and got to number one um, many years later. Um, <laughs> We've got another Cliff Richard, All My Love, uh, number f- number six. 
Um, Careless Hands, Dez O'Connor with the Mike Sam, Dez O'Connor with the Michael Sam Singers, Careless Hands, but mm. <laughs> Dez. Wow. Uh, the Mike, Michael uh, Sam Singers used to do uh, featuring things like um, uh, little uh, children's singles. I had like the Big Red Bus and the Thirsty Mini, and again these were all uh, things that turned up on Junior Choice. Wasn't it? Were the Michael, were the Mike Sam Singers on? Sing something simple. I used to remember that one. Yeah, uh, something. There was the popular combo. Yeah, beat combo. The popular uh, beat combo. Mark's parents. Um, that sort of thing. We've got World by Beat the World by the Bee Gees number nine. Uh, I'm coming home by Tom Jones number two. He had a lot of singles out in '67. Um, here we go round the mulberry bush by Traffic number eight. Uh, <laughs> here we go round the traffic yeah. island. By the Mulberry Book. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. By the Scaffold, number four. For the um, Tree Iron. And uh, Daydream Believer by the Monkeys, number five. Uh, cheer up, Sleepy Jean. Yes. Um, we really ought to head over to the. Uh, we really ought to head over to America, to see what they had going on. Um, so. Well, it won't have been anything like as good as what it was over here, will it? <laughs> Although we may find there are a few we don't recognise. I can see. I can already see. Um, well, I can also see a few songs that were unappreciated or less appreciated than they should have been in the UK doing better in the States. So um, so for so in the States, for the first one, two, three, four, five, six weeks, we have I'm a Believer by the Monkees. Then we have Kind of a Drag by the Buckinghams for two weeks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that at all. Uh, oh, OK. Um, the Buckinghams. They look a bit like they they are an American sunshine pop band from Chicago. They film they formed in '66 and went on to become one of the top selling acts of 1967. Um, you've never heard yeah. of. Yeah, they only had five top forty hits though, and they dissolved. Five more than I've had. It, sa- it says it says <laughs> they they dissolved in 1970. Well, literally. Oh, that's <laughs> that, those acid rain. Yeah, they uh, look a little bit like the, they look they look a little bit like the pictures of the monkeys when they first started. Yeah. They look. It's interesting, uh, really, because the the Buckinghams to me, the idea of the Buckinghams just makes me think of I don't know, gunpowder plotters or something. I've got visions of them in. 16th century garb sort of all being hung drawn and quartered for plotting against the king oh, it makes me wonder if Lindsay Buckingham was in there if it was it for, for oh, Peter Matt, but they weren't but he wasn't yeah. um, well, maybe maybe one of them is his dad yeah. uh, it doesn't seem like it was even released in the, the UK at all so um, it was a number 18 hit in Australia and it was it was also number one in Canada um, right. and released in New Zealand and South Africa in, in the top 20, but uh, okay. not in the UK. Um, wow. So following that, we have Ruby Tuesday by the Rolling Stones, just for one week. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Love Is Here and Now You're Gone by the Supremes, just for one week. Okay. Uh, we have Penny Lane. Is that before they were dying? Yes, yes, they're still... Mm-hmm. They're still so obviously negotiations went on during 1960s. Uh, then we have Penny Lane, which wasn't a number one as we discussed in 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 the UK, but it was only for one week in the States. Um, then we had for three weeks "Happy Together" by the Turtles. I know that one, Aww. but um, I also remember when it did pretty well for Jason Donovan in the late 80s. But, uh, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, then for four weeks we have Something Stupid by Nancy Sinatra and Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one week The Happening by The Supremes. 
and then for two weeks in May, Groovin by the Young Rascals. Groovin. I, I don't think uh, I, I don't know much about the Rascal, the Young Rascals. Um, no, there's Little Rascals, which is a comic strip. Yeah. It, well, I think it wasn't. No, it did go to number eight in the UK, so it was a little bit. Maybe we would recognise it if we heard it. Um, mm. Then, for two weeks, we have Respect by Aretha Franklin. RSPC. Oh, and then Groovin came back for another two weeks mm. by the Young Rascals. So then, then we had. So people didn't have enough respect. No, <laughs> they were too busy grooving. And then, and then, <laughs> but then, this is the trouble. If you if you don't have respect and you spend all your time grooving, then you get the following song. You become windy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> for, four, for four weeks, windy by the association. You would think the grooving would get out of your system. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they look a funny bunch. That lot. Um, there's a picture of, of, of the association. They they look they look like they've been photoshopped from lots of different bands into one band. Mm. That all the faces don't look like they fit in the picture. They look like is this uh, is this kind of like what the uh, the village people did? Sort of ten years later, they they had every, everyone had a different image. Yeah. Yeah, they don't look like they fit in the same um, uh, does it, frame. It, <laughs> Continent wasn't a wasn't a hit in the UK. Uh, right, it was a number six hit in. You can't force these things. No, you know? it was number number six in New Zealand though, and number fourteen in South Africa. But wow. uh, yeah. then we have "Light My Fire" for three weeks by the Doors. Uh, mm. All you need is love by the Beatles for one week. And then, oh, I'm sure this must have been a hit in the UK. Uh, for four weeks, we have Ode to Billy Joe by Bobby Gentry, which is one of, I think is certainly one that my... Jumped off the yeah, Tallahassee right. Bridge. Yeah, one that my dad used to play a lot. Uh, mm. uh, Tallahassee Bridge? I can't remember what bridge it is now. Yeah, yeah. I think Capaquiddick? Right. No, not that. Uh, number 13 in the UK. So this, of course, would have been the soundtrack to Vietnam, wouldn't it, mm. really, in many ways, mm. that era? Yeah. So... You know, maybe maybe these are the songs that were, you know, now on all those movies. You know? Yeah. Uh, then we had for four weeks the letter by the Box Tops, which okay. is definitely one that, yeah, I I don't know from the title, but it got to number five, so I probably will mm. know it. Uh, this is why these episodes take such a, such a long time such a long time to edit, but because uh, <laughs> I go off, go off onto YouTube and get rid of my waffling. Uh, that takes a good, good day and a half. Uh, it's the YouTube lure. Uh, then we had, which I don't think this was as big a hit in the UK. For um, six weeks, we have to serve with love um, from Lulu. Okay. Uh, now, how high did it get in the UK? Uh, only eleven in the UK. Mm. So, um, that was a. From a film, from a film yeah. yeah. But clearly, yeah, more popular in America. Um, then for one week we have Incense and Peppermints by Strawberry Alarm Clock. Uh, okay, that's going to be one that will surprise me. Yeah. yeah. Incense and Peppermints. Yeah, which I, th- I think I may have um, listened to relatively recently, thinking mm. I didn't remember it, and then I realised I did. But uh, Oh, it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> then for four weeks we have Daydream Believer from the Monkees. Mm. And then for one week, Hello, Goodbye uh, for the Beatles. I don't know whether it goes into mm. the following year, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, some similarities and some differences mm. and some people who were doing better, some UK people who were doing better in the States mm. than they were at home. Yeah. Uh, where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fabulous. But uh, uh, 
well, we're nearly done, but I, I do like to lure the listeners in a bit by mentioning some of the names Ooh. of people who did well in 68. And uh, so names to look out for in 68 include Georgie Fame, Love Affair, Manfred Mann, Esther, Esther and Abby Offerim, uh, Dave D, Dozy Beaky McIntitch, the, Be- whoever they are. Uh, yeah, the Beatles, whoever they are, Cliff Richard, um, Louis Armstrong, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. The Rolling Stones, The Equals, uh, believe it or not, Des O'Connor, um, Tommy James and the Shondells, The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Um, Crazy World of Arthur Brown. The Beach Boys, The Bee Gees, Mary Hopkin, Joe Cocker, Hugo Montenegro, and The Scaffold. Well, saw a tweet from Mary Hopkin only uh, yesterday. <laughs> Uh, so yeah well Martin thank you very much for discussing 1967 with me always a pleasure I think 1968 is going to be a bit of a handful there's a, a lot going on <laughs> even more than in 67 so but uh, yes well we're, we're rapidly approaching the end of the 60s but we've uh, only two more years um, to go we'll have to find a whole new decade or a whole new country. yes <laughs> or both <laughs> <laughs> okie dokie well thank you Martin and um, coming up after the end titles of course we have Ick singing the best the greatest hits of 1967 <laughs> <laughs> better than me better than me oh, okay you take care you bye too bye. <laughs> bye for now <laughs> to hear it uh, yes I think that's the trouble sometimes you you don't rehearse enough I've rehearsed lots for this episode lots of rehearsing I am very glad to hear it Ick. Uh, because Martin did ask if you needed any help I think he, he would quite like to have a sing song oh, what me sing with Martin but uh, is he trained uh, I, I don't know if he's trained but uh, strictly speaking I don't think you're trained well, I've spoken to Tallulah Twinklehorn as well when well, I've been doing singing with uh, Harry, but it uh, doesn't make me a professional. Yes, well, uh, the next thing you're going to say is you want to do a duet with me. Uh, I-, I wasn't going to inflict that on you or the listeners. They've heard quite enough of me singing when I've done those episodes with Harry. Yes, Paul, yes. I'm glad you're realistic about it all. Yes, yes, Ig, quite realistic. Anyway, I can hear the theme music, so uh, you better get in place. Yes, I'm already ready to start singing. Good luck. Break your leg, Paul. Thank you. (laughs) 
Oh, and her, oh, anyway, all right. Uh, don't go away, listeners. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Ooh, such mysteries. <laughs> yeah, yippee. He's crazy. Ooh, yippee. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. The Shy Life Podcast is proud to present Big the Alien Singing, the big hits of 1967. Let them have it, Big Baby. Yeah, man, you're just so groovy. Go cat, go exclamation. <laughs> Medley of songs. Um, and when I saw her face, and I'm a believer, and we're not, not her out of place, and with the song in her eyes, and I saw love, ooh, ooh, she's a believer, I'm a believer, we're all believers, we are. Um, it's not quite right, I don't think. Anyway, move on. I've stopped my massive great big big toe. No, that's not it. Oh dear. Um, I think somebody substituted false versions of the lyrics for me. Better study the Uncle John. Um, um, something stupid like I. Something stupid like I love you. Yes. Um, Someday that you'll say that you'll care. If I say I love you madly, I'll gladly be there. Like a puppet on a string, 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 string. Ding-a-ding-a-ding. Love is fun like a merry-go-round. Oh, the fun of a fair. Oh dear, that's quite tiring. Very upbeat, that song. Um, oh, silence is golden, but my eyes still see. Silence is golden, golden, and it's very hard to see. Mm, yes. Oh, what a shade of pale. I trip the light fandango, and dooby 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 doo, and dooby dooby like the white shade of pale. Oh dear, that's a. Don't twist to that one. Oh yes. All you need is love. La 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 la. All you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. Boo 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 boo. La ba di do bi do bi do bi do. Boo 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 do. If you're going to San Francisco, boom boom boom. Oh, be sure to wear some clothes in your hair. 
boom, boom. There's a lot of lovely people. Yeah. That's not quite right. I'm going to do the last one. I can't. Don't like that one. Massachusetts. That's the wrong song. you're singing that song because it really is time to say you know, goodbye not hello no goodbye oh right then goodbye how did I do Paul you did just as well as you always do oh thank you Paul you said the kindest things <sighs> goodbye The campaign start 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 the campaign start